2: And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset. And we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and
0: monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing.
2: Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Better to get 30 to 30, get thirty. Better to get 20 Better to get twenty, twenty. 20, get 20, 20 get 15 to 15, get 15, 15 Just fifteen bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch.
1: Forty five dollars upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
1: Welcome to Top Stories, the show in which we, at The Bugle, delve into our own archives. I'm Andy Zaltzman. A royal baby soiling its nappy in New Zealand, or a momentous election in India. It was a very tough call for Top Story in issue 266 of The Bugle in April 2014. A tough call that John Oliver and I were forced to make.
0: Top story this week, ballot bonanza, India election edition. John, I'm going to have uh, to stop
1: you before you get into that. There's just some breaking news that's far more important than that. British baby shits itself in brand new hemisphere, (laughs) alleges New Zealand-based scientist George Windsor Middleton, the naughty year old professional prince, has been accused today of soiling his God-given royal nappies south of the equator for the first time on the New Zealand leg of his lifelong (laughs) bow-down-before-me-I-could-have-you-all-killed world tour. Uh, Kneel before the baby! (laughs) Dr Zinzanet... Kneel
0: before the baby, you sheep!
1: Dr Zinzanet Ratapatutu-Frauch from uh, the Auckland Institute of Science claimed that uh, Prince George, who's reportedly princed at least one thing or person every single day of his nine-month-long life so far, is likely to have, in her words, done some extremely unroyal business at some point during the first three days of the tour. Uh, on which his support acts include his father and mother, who work respectively as a prince, family business, and a prettily dressed balm for all her nation's woes. Dr. Frouch admitted that royal babies might be magic and excrete their unusables in the form of a high-end designer perfume, but claimed that, if not, all those cute little pictures of a happy baby playing with its future subjects and possessions are just a big, stinking lie. Why why don't they tell us what's really going on? Prince George, of several fixed abodes, did not deny the accusation directly but was overheard gurgling in morse code words to the effect of be thankful that i'm merciful for my vengeance would otherwise be deadly before hurling his crown across the crush and knocking a childminder spark out before glaring at the camera and belching kepish
0: there was some terrible reporting here about the baby <laughs> in new zealand and there was they were following the first baby playdate with him uh, you know the baby king basically in a room of baby peasants uh, <laughs> crawling around and uh, a lot of uh, news was made of the fact that apparently he stole one of the other baby's toys. And he did not steal that toy, Andy, because under the monarchy, <laughs> under the rules of the monarchy, he merely found a toy that was already technically his. <laughs> He's taking that toy back. He's entitled to that toy, and that other baby can come visit that toy in the British Museum between the hours of nine and five weekdays. <laughs> Otherwise, that baby
1: needs to shut the f- up. Um... So, are you going to anyway, get him on your show as a, as a guest? That'll that's that is the plan. Because he's not done that many. He's not many interviews yet, has he? Well, no, I could mean, if you, could get, if you could get the first words of the Baby
0: King, yep. that would be a huge scoop. First words. I don't know if "Goo Goo Gaga" counts, or if uh, "Give me all of your money, I deserve <laughs> it." That, that's probably what it's <laughs> probably what his blood is going to be telling him yep. to say. Um, power to the people. Maybe that'll be it. Power to the, p- power <laughs> the people. <laughs> People. Behold the baby king! <laughs> um, so, anyway, smaller news. Uh, the India's election began this week, and it is so big that it's technically going to take five weeks to complete. <laughs> this truly is a big deal, this election, but somehow not quite so big that there is any... F- Coverage on TV about it here, <laughs> whatsoever, because that would presumably interfere with the current round-the-clock CNN coverage of the search for the missing plane. Did it ping, Andy? <laughs> Did it ping? <laughs> Everybody, be quiet! I think I heard a ping. Uh, the the scale of the election in India alone is staggering. Before you even get into the political relevance, more than 814 million Indians are eligible to vote in the polls. It is the biggest election. In the history of the world. what well, biggest political election. I believe that technically more people may have voted here on whether or not a squirrel falling asleep on a chipmunk was, and I quote, the cutest video ever. <laughs> um, but more people will vote in the Indian election than voted in the last six US presidential elections combined. And America should frankly see that as a direct challenge. This is a country <laughs> whose entire belief system is based on American superiority. Andy, they cannot let this stand. They have to find a way to get more people to vote next time. Give hamsters the vote, if that's what it takes, and then frantically breed hamsters. They must respond. <laughs> well, they must.
1: It is, a, it is a big challenge. I mean, a five-week voting period as well, uh, split across nine stages across India's uh, many states. Five, I mean, if, maybe America should consider that for a five-week vote. Yep. I and mean, that could lead to sure. a lot of TV pundits just physically exploding on screen we'll do it. The bile build-up got too much to sustain. Um, I mean, uh, technically, it's already an 18-month-long season.
0: <laughs> but sure, we could spread out the actual voting as well. well d- done. Done.
1: Uh, Obama uh, described American democracy. He said, uh, an, in a nation of 300 million, he said, democracy can be noisy, messy. And complicated, Uh, I think he said that just after he'd woken from a nightmare, about trying to change the diaper on a giant baby Congress that simply wouldn't (laughs) stop simultaneously crying, screaming, giggling, vomiting and shitting. So, (laughs) when you... Upscale that, John, as I believe the technical right. term is, to a country of 1.2 billion people with, as you say, 800 million voters. It's not so much noisy, messy and complicated as being like 250 simultaneous Megadeth concerts on the battlefields of Passchendaele being attended by emotional teenage neuroscientists who've all just submitted scripts for the new Matrix movie. It's, it is complicated, John. It is beyond the comprehension of any human brain. There there are 15,000 candidates
0: running from 500 political parties. And yet, for the first time ever in India, there is a none of the above category on voting machines. So India could still end up voting for no one out of 15,000 options. And if that happens, Andy, does that not technically mean that India becomes British again? Isn't that the default? None of the above. I'm reading between those lines. Hello, Sanjip. Put that bag over there and get me my toast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's old way Britain could get back in, tro- uh, in control. According to the uh, uh, 2001 census, over 70% of the Indian population lives in a total of 640,000 villages. Now, if it's anything like the villages where I grew up in in southeast England then there is a lively possibility that the British Tory party could win this election. The, <laughs> I imagine Indian villages aren't quite quite as well to do as the villages of Kent. But you never know, John. You never know. Those, those 15,000
0: presidential candidates or candidates are expected to spend around $5 billion on campaigning, which is apparently second only to the most expensive campaign in history, $7 billion on the US presidential campaign of 2012, Andy. Yes! <laughs> Number one, suck it, India. And that really puts the 2012 campaign into perspective. Because to spend that much money on so many fewer people than live in India, that really brings it home that, holy shit, we spent a lot of money on the election back then. America spends more on democracy than anyone else, Andy. Therefore, it clearly loves it more. The more you love something, the more you spend on it. That is the rule of any good absent father. Fact. 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 And the records are still set to be broken here, too, so don't even think about going big at India, because Kentucky is apparently potentially spending $100 million on just their Senate race in the midterms this year. $100 million to become senator of Kentucky. Kentucky, Andy. I mean, no offence, Kentucky, but, you know, you are Kentucky. That's you, it's, it's just Kentucky. So I'm, just, I'm just presenting that as a fact. $100 million for Kentucky seems like... You know, it's a lot for what is undeniably Kentucky.
1: (laughs) But uh, as I said, trying to understand Indian politics, uh, to me that is like trying to cook a 12-course haute cuisine dinner in someone else's kitchen, in that it is very difficult from the outside and pretty confusing even if you're a top (laughs) chef and have been basically staying in the kitchen for your entire life. And uh, obviously corruption is... Is a huge issue in Indian politics, and it's starting to uh, affect the electoral landscape. There's not so much fingers in the till as India, as giant designer gloves made of tills. Uh, The um, Economist magazine claimed that in the past decade of Congress Party rule in India, politicians and officials are reckoned to have taken bribes worth between 4 billion and 12 billion US dollars. Now, you just... You have to admire the work rate on that, John. That is... I mean, India's economy's been growing, so maybe they just see it as some, some form of commission. But that, I mean, that is... These guys are the knobby styleses of political corruption. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the two key candidates, the two favourites, are Raul Gandhi, a
0: uh, member of the dynastic Gandhis, but uh, uh, who is somehow underdog to Narendra Modi, the ex-chief minister of Gujarat. And uh, Modi is running on a bold campaign slogan of toilets, not temples. So he's running on a pro-toilet platform... <laughs> And that is a strong platform, Andy. It works both as a positive for him and a negative for his opponent. Because he's essentially saying, my opponent wants you to shit in the streets. And that is
1: a strong attack. Or to shit in the temple, which is even stronger.
0: (laughs) Even stronger. The point is, it's brilliant
1: campaigning. (laughs) He's he's a very controversial figure, uh, Narendra Modi. To say he splits opinion is like saying Wayne Gretzky wasn't afraid of putting on a pair of ice skates. It is a considerable understatement. In one article, in successive sentences, uh, uh, I read one writer say, no other chief minister in in India evokes as much hatred as Narendra Modi. And no other chief minister in India commands as much respect as Narendra Modi. So there we see the the divisive nature (laughs) of the man. I guess... You know, a lot of political leaders have been divisive. King Solomon, in that famous baby-slicing incident, potentially divisive. The the, uh, difference being that Narendra Modi, I don't think he would necessarily wait for one of the mothers to say, please don't cut that baby in half. By that time, he'd probably already be halfway through cooking two massive portions of roast half-baby whilst announcing, look, I've made (laughs) enough food for everyone. Why is that woman crying? His opponents say
0: that he is an autocrat who failed to control what was a a deadly anti-Muslim... Riot in uh, Gujarat in two thousand and two, where a thousand people were killed, and he's not only denied wrongdoing. Andy, he said that his only regret from the time is that he failed to control the media well. And that <laughs> that is not an ideal response. Just say oh, I should have I should have handled the media better. For that, I apologise. I don't know. Short of putting blindfolds on them, I'm not exactly
1: sure what he's implying there. <laughs> uh, he also um, on the same subject because I mean, a lot a lot of people do understandably hold us against him, but when I ask my, yeah. in, my ask my Indian friends about him, their response has generally been a kind of hollow look of fear for the future of their countries and a swift change of <laughs> subjects. Um, one of my <laughs> friends just refers to him simply as the mass murderer, um, which is also a term that was used about him by the chief Minister of State for karnataka so it's not it's not just ordinary people it's his fellow politicians describe him as a mass murderer and um he was uh, quoted again in the Economist magazine as saying that he regretted Muslim suffering as he would that of a puppy run over by a car. <laughs> now th- I guess there's well, I guess there's a number of explanations for this. <laughs> 1, he really really loves puppies. 2, he really really hates Muslims. 3, yeah. he is obsessive about not damaging the suspension on his car, which is understandable given the state of Indian roads. In which, my, in my experience, booking a, booking, making a booking with a taxi company is tantamount to making a will. Um, or the other explanation, and his own explanation was that Hindus care about all life, puppy, Muslim, or otherwise. I guess the difference being that he's never authorized the mass slaying of a thousand puppies. But I, I, I did, he didn't go on to say that anyway. There you go, that was April 2014. If you've enjoyed The Bugle since then, then or before then, do please contribute to help keep The Bugle free, flourishing and independent by going to buglepodcast.com and clicking the donate button.
2: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.
1: Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now?